Hey, 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 guys! Welcome to Stalking Spurs, the Spurs podcast that isn't always about football. Hi, Patty. Hey, Asin. How are you? I am good. So today's show is going to be super fun. We're going to kick off with the social media roundup, where Patty and I talk about our favorite social media posts from Spurs official, the players, and the fans. And then we're going to talk about the first five games of the Mourinho era. So we're going to cover Olympiacos, Bournemouth, Burnley, Manu, and West Ham. Action-packed. So jam-packed. But I can't believe we're saying the words Mourinho era and not breaking down. <laughs> but, That's so you know, new to me. <laughs> I can't believe it still. Excited to discuss all of that and to share it with you guys later on in the show. Cool, let's get things started. So, the first group of posts that we have, um, the posts that are coming from Spurs official that are, I guess, portraying Mourinho in a, in a certain way. I guess it's like a, a new image launch or something. And the first noticeable change, I guess comes from Spurs official Instagram. And this post, which you can find a link to in our episode description, um, is a post on Instagram that announces the uh, the player lineup for the West Ham game, his first ever game as manager away at West Ham. And they always have like the, li- the names of the players on the left and an image of a player on the right. This time, it's not a player, it's an image of Mourinho. So when when this came out, you were like, did Mauricio ever get one of those? I scrolled and I scrolled and I scrolled and I did not see a single one. This is a first. I am fucking baffled. <laughs> when I sent that to you, I was obviously still very hurt. It was at the uh, yeah, onset of uh, the... it was so soon. It was too... Like, I get this. Like, I mentioned, they're shoving this down our throats. And it's like, really... Not one single game in the five years, or at least up to like however long you were able to scroll back. You couldn't bring yourselves to put Mauricio as the dude there. There are 20 plus players on the squad. Obviously not all of them have been a cover. Oliver Skip hasn't been a cover. And yet, Jose gets to be the cover on his first game. I just found it like, alright guys, we're this is a touch too much. Yeah, even he said in, I think it might be a post-match interview... He said that it's it's still too soon. And these weren't his exact exact words, but the, the message was generally it's too soon to put the credit on him because by this time he was like manager for days, and I don't think anyone could ever have a massive impact in just a few days. I feel like he's playing both sides to it, right? Like he's playing yeah. the oh no 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 don't don't it's not me it's it's everybody else like these i don't know if it's for humility but it just makes me it just it's rubbing me the wrong way i don't know if it's just the timing maybe in time i will my defenses will go down but this one especially um paired with his self-effacing post-match interviews i'm i'm still i don't know very skeptical about it oh that's interesting i feel like I, I do have a little bit of that skepticism, but more of me feels it's true. More of me buys it. But I love tentatively, it. because we'll see. We know like 
how he's ended up at other clubs where it, it might start in a promising way, then it melts down. Um, and I am still the skeptical part of me still accept, uh, expecting that to happen. But most of me is like, okay, I'm listening, go on. Especially with uh, the results that he's been able to turn around for us recently. So I think an event that encapsulates this, <laughs> these two opposing forces that we're feeling about, about Mourinho. So during Bournemouth, um, a, a ball boy made a key assist. And because he reacted so fast and he he threw this ball boy, stood up immediately and lighting fast reflexes threw the ball to Aurier and Aurier was able to set up a goal for Kane. This ball boy, I guess, uh, grabbed the attention of Mourinho and Mourinho was shown walking over to the kid and hugging him and like congratulating him for having like for reading the game well and responding in the best way possible which was fine i think the first instagram post was okay it was fine to maybe call him out and mention him in the post game interview but then this started to spiral into like something propagandy definitely i think one post two posts sure you know what Let's milk it to three posts. There's one of like nine different, nine million different posts about it. And then there's like, oh yeah, and every time we have a pre-match lunch now, we'll invite a different ball boy. Like, I get it. I get this outreach. I get this like, ooh, I'm so inclusive. Mourinho, I'm not so bad. Um, yeah, just... look how amiable I am, really, when it comes down to it. I'm such a great guy. So like, the, so we were talking earlier about how this is being milked. And it, it really, it shows the like sustaining content for this one event was ridiculous, ridiculous. and i think it in a youtube video which is actually it's quite nice if you watch the video it's on youtube and you'll find the link in the episode description it shows callum the ball boy joining the team for a pre-match meal which is great because he's earned it he did step up and do something game-changingly amazing so this kid deserves all the attention he can get i guess but what rubs me the wrong way is that the video seems to show this through the lens of oh my god how awesome is Mourinho the the name of the video is Jose Mourinho invites Champions League ball boy to team meal so ball boy it's not even the guy's name and the first thing you see in this title is Mourinho's name but you watch the video and it's it should be about the ball boy and it shouldn't be about Mourinho Mourinho's awesomeness right I am I'm with you completely on this. I again I get I get how jarring the transition has been. Obviously we lived it, what? But I feel like you could do it with more subtlety, more finesse. How did the boy boy yeah. ball boy feel, right? Like that is a better human interest piece to it. And get the ball boy's perception of like, oh yeah, I'm so like like I met Jose Mourinho. He's a great guy. Rather than him having to be the one to narrate his own like salvation story. You know, let the people around him and let the results that he produces speak for itself. But it just feels very, very, very contrived and yeah. I don't know. I'm a bit disappointed in the comms team at Spurs because really get us to love him in the shortest time possible when I don't think that's the best strategy. Just an, as an aside, contrivance aside, um, there's a really, there's so many cute moments in this video, really. It's nice to get a glimpse of like the cafeteria where the players have lunch. It's so cute. Yeah, to see who sits with each other. But I guess one thing I just want to point out before we move on is that there's a moment three minutes in where Callum's walking pitch side with Delhi. And they're having like a conversation and then Delhi asks him how old he is and he says he's almost 16 and then Delhi seems to like 
get lost in thought for like a brief second and then he he says that he was a ball boy too at his age at MK Dons and when he says it it's almost like he's saying it more to himself than to the boy it's super sweet it's super sweet to see Delhi reminisce <laughs> i guess that's one of like the cute byproducts of this entire Mourinho thing is the resurgence of Delhi yes. um we still haven't seen it on social media it's not as apparent on social media because Delhi isn't fun to post if it's not a boohoo man post but <laughs> <laughs> if you do watch this video like a minute in it really is very much focused on the ball boy why does the SEO title have to be about Mourinho I am baffled. I am I'm still confused. I am Yeah, that's a way they could have titled the video, right? Uh like uh stand-in Captain Harry shows Callum around. Yeah, and like ex ball boy or like similar like experience Delhi with ball boy. I don't know. I'm just Yeah, yeah. There were other other ways in like a feed that's already so Mourinho centered and Mourinho heavy. This is one story that did not have to be about him. Yeah, exactly. Um, also this past week on the official Instagram account, um, Spurs official shared some photos from a recent hashtag suited by boss photo shoot. And in this shoot, we have four of our boys. We have Sun, Gazanigs, Lamella, and Jan modeling some really nice suits and some really nice turtlenecks. Great turtlenecks. It's, yeah. Oh my God. This shoot looks amazing. And I, I, I was like, I was wondering how did they choose the models for this? diversity like, because we have so many players who can totally rock these outfits like how were these guys chosen was it like availability was it strategic if it's strategy was it like our biggest superstar with appeal at a global scale so that's sun the guy who looks most like a fashion model to begin with so that's gazaniga a man who represents the massively lucrative fashion victim market lameli and then like just rounding out this selection with the everyman jan vertongs that is was a hot it, everyman let me just say it right there <laughs> I am loving your representation analysis. Um, obviously, Sunny is a great choice. And because of, of Sunny, you get 10 million more fan content, which we'll get into later. But I do wish they, they, they showed Musa in it or maybe even Tangi. I don't know, like maybe like the new guy or even Sasanyan. Hmm, Just yeah. there seems to be an outtake where it's Sunny looking lovingly at Jan. And the and the Hugo Boss like it's just cropped to their faces. It's quite yeah. cute. Mentioned earlier about like how did they choose them? Was it just availability? Were these the four players who were available on the shoot date, or was it more strategic? And I guess I'm gonna blind item this because of confidentiality stuff. I know someone who worked at an ad agency that had a brand that was a major sponsor for a Premier League team. Oh. And they had to shoot an ad using three of the team's players. So when they were developing the script and the storyboard, they weren't told who, like, which three players they would use, so they had to make it pretty flexible. Oh. Because it came down to availability. On the shoot day that they set, they were just promised three of these players. And they didn't know which ones. Yeah, so they weren't even promised, like, okay, you get a tier one player? No, they, I think they tried to. They said, okay, if we get three, can we at least be guaranteed to have one tier one player? But even that, they couldn't. It was really because everyone's schedules were packed. And if, for example, the shoot was going to be on the 1st of December from 2 to 6 p.m., then they would just throw in any three players who happened to have that time off. Yeah. So I wonder if that was the same thing with this. Most probably. And it just so happened that Sunny, the biggest superstar, is in there. I mean, 
Lenny's gotta gotta ham it up, you know, we gotta GQ model it up. I don't blame him for making himself available. Uh, no, but yeah, I think that's uh, that seems like a more like solid and fact-based analysis than my. <laughs> yeah, thank you, uh, Secret Source. Thank you, Secret um, Source. Yes, so more supplementary content on the Suited by Boss campaign. So this is a video that was shared by a fan account for Hyun Min Sun. Sun. And it's like a, a behind the scenes look at the shoot behind it. So it has the classic behind the scenes black and white shots. Gotta have that. Some generic housey music. And see we see like Gazanigs and everyone get fitted and put on the costumes and awkwardly stand around between takes. You can tell that despite like the finished product that still they're definitely not the models we think they are. There's still a lot of yeah. awkwardness that goes on, which is cute, I think. So it speaks to the talent of the production team. They were able to coax out some like great photos Hell yeah. from peeps who are, who are not exactly professional models. Coming from someone that came from advertising and you work with talent that aren't necessarily talent, how tough is it to like get people to act natural and hot in a setting where... Very. It's... In video, it's much harder because you're conveying so much more. They have to speak naturally. They have to project whatever emotion you need them to project. And if they can't act, it's not gonna happen. I guess in photos, it's a bit it's a bit easier. To Can you imagine with. if you end up in an agency that happens to be working for a brand that has to, that happens to be a Premier League slash Tottenham like dreams come true? Totes, totes. I, I would I would fight for that if there is someone from an agency that handles a Premier League brand, ideally one late platinum, and you guys are hiring, hit me up. <laughs> At Stalkings First, she is available <laughs> and willing and ready like to jump in right now. Super hardworking, award-winning creative. Come on, guys. Lap, lap <laughs> this shit you, up. This is an open-ended offer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Speaking of, I guess, things that we wish would just come around all the time, coming from... Hugo Boss and people that are bosses uh, in real life. Well, Burnley, we finished 5-0, which we'll talk about more later. But usually, I will share this post on my Instagram stories because I'm like, yay or boo. There was none. I waited for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much else post-match content, but that one announcement just straight up yeah. with score. But anyway, I digress. The point is, I stayed up for three hours post-game, <laughs> and that's why I'm so sleepy right now. But thank you to these three hours um, of stalking and constantly refreshing the feed, because I discovered that my homeboy, Musa Dembele, former Spurs player, now with um, a Guangzhou team, was actually in the Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> football stadium watching the game. So two photos of him that I saw, none from official sources. I'll share the links, but basically he, a fan, like showed a photo of him. Like, I guess he was taking pictures with other fans. And then another fan posted an Instagram story of him from afar, like, I guess, like saying hi or signing something for a fan in the back row. And guys, why the hell did Spurs official not have an official post about this. Make it an Instagram story. It can yeah. be even the stadium's um, account that did something. I am baffled. Yeah, I'm amazed. Like, the only explanation I can think of is that he came there without telling anyone. Did he just secretly show up hoping to pass as any other fan? Sure. I'm sure you would have told Jan, though. Like, 
buds for life, they would be at least texting like, bro, I'm watching. And like, Jan, come on, help a brother out. Tell the PRTN. Yeah, so is this... Was this Jan's like definitely? Did he not? Did he fail to tell the team, "Hey guys, roll out the red carpet. Our boys coming." Goats back. Goats back. No, I don't know. I am just. I wish. I mean, if this is a sign, of course, the entire fan base was like, "Wait, is he coming back?" Like January transfer windows. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm not one for transfer news because I never know anything. But I was wearing my Dembele shirt last night and. I oh. honestly don't mind. I, I think I don't think anyone would mind. <laughs> I think Sissoko might mind because then the Musa Sissoko chant will be divided into two. But he's a sweetheart. I, I think the goat deserves a comeback if he wants a comeback. I don't know how Mourinho will feel about that or whatever. But yeah, on the last of this uh, roundup, of course, speaking of people who I always hope are doing well, man of the hour, man of the match man of my life um of all time of all time we can't do a social media roundup without some sunny in it sunny as you all know was not only number 22 on the ballon d'or awarding this year captain hugo was 23 nice to see some spurs representation there he basically is the asian player of the year for like three years now how many years has it been acid three it's this is his third congratulations sunny they awarded him on um yesterday's game uh against burnley and he just looks so like oh oh shucks um yeah just really sweet and humble it, it, it's amazing and just seeing how he won this again and how humble he is and how great of a player he is congratulations sunny you deserve everything yeah, totes, congrats. Congrats. Uh, Google says that AFC stands for Asian Football Confederation. So okay. congrats, Sunny, on being the Asian Football Confederation Asian Player of the Year. It's a three-peat for Sunny, and three-peat. he deserves it all. You know what he doesn't deserve, or maybe he doesn't need in his life? <laughs> um, I don't know, sponsored posts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sunny is not a big Instagram poster. As we all know, he posts sparingly between fashion shots and sponsored posts from his many, many, many sponsors. And lately, he posted one from a, uh, they're not our sponsors, I won't name the brand, but basically like a shaving implement. This shaving implement brand, if you uh, prefer to uh, be mentioned on this show, please uh, hit us up at Stocking Spurs. We are definitely open to uh, product integration. Um, (laughs) The point is... He, of course, Sunny. I'm not even sure if Sunny grows facial hair, given that he is the, uh, I mean, spokesperson or like brand ambassador for this specific shaving brand. He, of course, had to do his duties and posted a sponsored post with the shaving implement. And it has a caption. It says something in Korean. Let me try to translate this. (laughs) I can't read Korean, guys. Spoiler alert. (laughs) <laughs> okay, it says, with brand name, you can start your morning refreshingly and softly. Have a happy day today. Smiley face, hashtag brand name, hashtag brand name, hashtag, um, I guess the tagline of it? Product feature. Product feature, call to action, whatever. Okay, now we know. Whenever Sunny posts, what comes with it? A Kevin Wimmer comment. And like clockwork, we get one, so... Kevin Wimmer, 28, comments. Bro, for what you need this? Laughing, crying emoji. Baby face 
emoji, shrug emoji. Now, I interpret this two ways. Why does he need to shave given he doesn't have facial hair? There's the baby face emoji. And why you need to post sponsored posts? You're freaking rich, Sonny. <laughs> you know, he's a practical man. <laughs> if this brand's gonna throw a bajillion uh, dollars or a bajillion, what's the currency in Korea? Wands. Korean wands. at him. He won't say no. He's gotta save for retirement. He does. He does. If brands want to get behind this wonderful brand, I say go for it. But I thought it was funny because, you know, only Kevin Wimmer will call him out on this. And mm-hmm. I think it's sweet. I really think it's sweet. So, Sunny, more power to you and your many, many brand endorsements. And Kevin Wimmer, more power to you for always keeping your bro in check. Yeah. Speaking of baby faces, the final segment of our social media roundup, we get to Baby of the Week. Lots of entries this week, huh? Too many entries. I love it. They're, I, I think they've been listening and they've been hearing this segment and they're like, hey, we notice a pattern here and every week it's just like two or three babies. There are 20 players on the squad. A bunch of them have kids. Why are these kids not featured? So let me just yeah. start this off by sharing a... Uh, this one, so I was debating on whether we add this in because a baby of the week photo, for me, needs to feature a baby being adorable. But I think I wanted to, you know, cast the net wide this week. Kate Kane, of course, the lovely, lovely wife to a interim captain, an all-around lovely boy. Harry Kane, um, they have two babies, Vivi and, like, Ivy, I think. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I don't know their name. I think I got their names right. But you see why I don't know their names so well? I don't see their faces. We, she shared a post of them, and as with her many posts, it's either the back of their heads, um, and this time they're in matching, like, Christmas dresses at, like, a uh, Santa, like, some sort of, like, Santa's toy shop, workshop thing. Two things on this. Number one, hi, Marine. Aren't you sending little girl dresses to every player with a little girl? Manjaya Sucre could, you know, get a tag out there. So that's my first point on this. My second point <laughs> on this is that because Kate did um, tag the brand of the dresses and it wasn't Marine's mm. brand. So I'm like, Marine, you got to be working harder. There's an opportunity for you. Major here, opportunity. Marine. Two daughters as well. My second thing about this is I do respect privacy of kids. I do. It's just that. We've seen Ivy and Vivian before. They do the walkabout every freaking season. There are official photos of them. Kate, why are you not giving in and just giving us side face, front face? I don't know. I am just a bit baffled by it. Yeah, it's like, so we mentioned earlier that some other celebrities do the same thing with their young kids. Like, we mentioned that Ali Wong, whenever she posts photos of her daughters on Instagram, they're always, like, turning away from the camera. They have an emoji on their face faces. But I guess one difference is that Ali Wong doesn't take her kids on stage or do a walkabout. Like, it's, it's I've seen photos of Viv and Ivy before. So it, it just, I'm wondering what the thinking behind it is to Consistency. cover on Instagram where, but, but like, there's so many press photos of them from the walkabout anyway. Anyway, that's just me. But yeah, I'm including them because they are adorable. They're adorable um, backs of their, of their, of their bodies. <laughs> So our next baby has no shortage of 
really cute face shots. This next bunch is from Eric Lamella. And they're a bunch because I think they're like, there's something like, are they eight different photos? So many. Post? So many. Lamella posts a whole big bunch of photos of his his two-year-old toddler. Super cute. And there are a range of photos from like sitting at a restaurant, looking at a menu together, sitting on a counter, wearing kit that does not appear to belong to his dad. Exactly. Who They're is this really kid? Sweet. They're all really sweet photos. And it's obviously a happy birthday post. It's, it's a cute baby, I have to say. I don't know, I guess I, I don't see Lameli Boo's wife enough. But it, it's a good mix. This child is quite the cutie. He is. He's very sweet. I think, I think it's not obvious here, but I think his baby's name is Tobias. No! I think so, because uh, I think I've seen photos or Instagram stories true. of him like, walking around the, the locker room. And I think interacting with Deli ones wearing Uncle Deli. Spurs kit that says Tobias on the back. That's true! Aw, Toby! Shout out! Yeah. So many Tobies in our lives. Other, other adorable babies. The next baby on this list is after a long while of like no posting at all, Jan um, resurfaced from the ashes. Um, posting an Instagram story of Jan with his first kid, his daughter, and they are clearly in a cinema. It looked, or at least maybe his home theater. I don't know. It could be one or the other, but it looked like cinema chairs and with popcorn. And I think they were about to watch a movie. So a couple things on this: if it's in your home theater, great, go take that photo. If it's in public, Jan, uh, you're in the cinema. You better not be taking this with flash. <laughs> and clearly he did it in Flash, so... Um, I don't know. What do you think they were watching, Acid? I, I don't know. I guess but what's hot in kids' movies right now? It would have to be Frozen 2. She seems like a Frozen kind of little girl, yeah. so... I, I hope they had fun. <laughs> I, I, I wish I'd see more of the son, because he's also adorable, and they both look alike and very much like um, Jan's wife. But yeah, clearly some daddy and daughter time. Very adorable. Yeah, speaking of more adorable babies, so our next baby belongs to Hugo, but because Hugo does not have an Instagram account, Come it's on. from Maureen's account. So this week she posted a photo of Pedro. Pedro! And for the first time ever, we see his face. He looks, I don't know, he snuggled into something mid-nap, looking really peaceful. He's adorable. It's good to see you, Pedro. Good, good to see your face. A bit of it. Finally, a bit more of it. I am all pro Maureen because she posts faces. Um, lots of it. So I'm excited to see more of Pedro's face. However, as we all know, Baby of the Week is a prestigious prize that we don't just throw away. <laughs> to just any baby. All wonderful babies, but the baby, of course, of the week for X times already is we've got to award it to... Little Miss Ayla Alderweireld in a two-photo series on IG stories that I have uh, screenshotted because I just gotta keep it for posterity. Toby, proud papa Alderweireld, posts two black and white photos of a bundled up Ayla um, looking adorable, like just like full of life. Just, I'm just seated here, papa, but I look cute. And that was the vibe I was getting from it. And the caption he has and like the very like big bold letters was my world heart. Like she is, that's right. She's also my world, Toby. She's not even my daughter. <laughs> um, Ayla doesn't have to do much, you know, she doesn't have to do much. She can just sit there and just win this award. So I want to just congratulate the other babies congrats. for trying. Congrats, for tr yeah. guys. Congrats, guys, for trying. You have to keep trying. You don't know. But this week... 
I I think it's unanimous, you know? It's Ayla. We just gotta give it to Ayla. Congrats, girl. Yeah, that wraps up the social media roundup. Stick around, guys, because next we're going to discuss the first five games of the Mourinho era. Welcome back, guys. We're back to discuss the five games that have transpired since we last did this discussion. And of course, we're joined by our Kumbaya master and leader, Toby. Toby, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's new life. And I'm feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. Um, End of the show. Thanks for joining us. That wraps it up. Catch us again next time when Stalking's first. Thank you so much, everyone. No, but truly, that is, I think, a great way to start us off, Toby. Last episode, obviously, you were a bit raw. Everybody was feeling a bit down. But holy shit, five games, and we have a lot to discuss. So I'm going to dive right in. We start off, of course, with our first game, West Ham away. And we all know how things have been going for us away. And yet we end this 2-3 to Tottenham. Um, Sun at the 36th minute, Mora at the 43rd minute, and Kane at the 49th. However... <laughs> we all know where it ends after Lest that. you start to feel reassured and comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it says it all. Obviously, we, we scored early, which is a rarity and like yeah. a new thing for me, which was like great. But then, of course, West Ham comes back in the 73rd minute and on stoppage time 96. Ah, yeah. I'm both happy, but also like, guys! Yeah, what, what a mess of feelings. I think all of us went into this game already like emotionally, like fragile or unstable mm-hmm. and then it starts out so well sun scores the first goal of the Mourinho era, Mourinho area er, area era which is a thing for him i guess he was also the first person to score a goal in the new stadium so i guess he's gonna start making that a thing and apparently the last person to score a goal in the Pochettino era? I'm not sure if that's correct. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fact yes. check that. Yeah. Uh, I remember the commentator saying that. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. So that was exciting. It was so good to see him score. Then Mora scores and then later on after the break, Kane scores. And it's it's like, oh my god, what yeah. how we been unleashed? What happened here? <laughs> Unless we start and... to think that, oh, this is a totally different team in the second half. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. The it's the same the past team. Come back and score no, more. But I think it's great, right? Like, we, we see Delhi on fire, which leads me to yes. um, Bournemouth just really quickly because I think yeah, these two totally. games are very similar in it. Yes. And that Bournemouth similar, is. Same scoreline. Same scoreline, 3 2 as well. Um, Delhi scores twice, which is like. Psh- Amazing. We haven't yeah. we haven't heard or seen Delhi in a while. So Soaks comes in at the 69th minute. Yeah, that was a brilliant goal. Loved that. Sissoko. Like we'll get more into that later. But I think these two were goals were in like these two games, West Ham and Bournemouth, we start strong and then suddenly, literally, 73. I don't know if this is this is correct. 73 also in 96. It's exact same timings. This can't oh, be right. No way. Let me Yeah. Let we'll, me we'll, fact we'll, we'll, check that. Hmm. Yeah, but regardless of the actual timings, Toby, what is this? We start strong and then they catch up. Why is that? Yeah, I don't I'm not I don't know what the difference is because it is almost the mirror opposite of where we were with Pochettino when we wouldn't score for the first at least for the first hour 
and maybe we'd even let a goal in and we'd have to hold on and say, oh, we're a super fit team. We're going to be able to outpace them for the last 20 minutes and get a goal back or get a final go ahead. And we seem to be doing that less and less frequently. So that's, I guess, where we started to struggle. But yeah, now it seems we come out super hot. I think a lot of people were pleased about Mourinho's team selection for West Ham about how attacking it was. So he just seems to have a completely different agenda of getting out early and then I, I suppose sitting back. But if you have three goals on the board, then it doesn't matter if you sit back and yeah. they come at you a bit and they get one or two back. Because, yeah, as I think he apparently said to Sun and Delhi, didn't he? It's like it's all about the effing win or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can curse. You have explicit. We have explicit. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like to maybe explain like how we can go three ahead and then towards the end suddenly concede too. I think uh I think Mourinho in a post match in like post match interviews for both games was asked that. Like what what's up with that was pretty much the question. And he he seemed to point to tiredness. Hmm. Because I guess the start or most of the game is so intense and towards the end people start to tire and then start to make mistakes or something. Uh, oh no, sorry, sorry. I think tired, I think he was pointing to tiredness beyond the game as well because uh, I think for one of them it emotional. was right after international break right. and that can be incredibly tiring. And the next one was on the back of like multiple games in a row. So it wasn't just the tiredness of from the intensity of the game but the mm. tiredness from the schedule. From the schedule also, and the turnover of the coach, like the emotional tiredness of them having to adapt to new trainings yes. and like build new relationships, that would be intense as well. Yeah. Um, so you also, guys are buying this, right? You guys are buying the excuse of tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> so just, I'm just stirring the pot. Google <laughs> is uh, is serving incorrect information, but Google is confirming that the two goals conceded in the two games did occur on the 73rd and 96th minutes. What the F? I'm gonna like check a second source for that, but what Google is serving is that. It's this, it's crazy. That is crazy town, if that's the case. Because if that's the case, then anytime we hit the 73rd minute, people should just be like, yeah. everybody just stands just... in front of Gazaniga. <laughs> yeah. Everyone defend. I think uh, one nice, I don't know, I, maybe nice is not the right word, but one moment worth talking about, one thing worth talking about from those two games is this like uh, banter between Mourinho and Delhi about Delhi being Delhi's brother. I mm-hmm. think in the first training session, Marina was believed to have approached Delhi and said, are you Delhi or are you Delhi's brother? Because you're not playing like Delhi. And then Ooh. after these two awesome games, Mourinho comes back to Delhi and says that, like, okay. Delhi's back. Playing. Yeah. Delhi has been on fire. The, uh, the outline speaks for itself. I'm, I, I can't even, I didn't even, sorry, Delhi. But I didn't even recognize, I didn't even notice Delhi being in the squad prior to this new era we're in. And I think it's just, if there is anything we will take away from this down the line, if we do enter another era, is that, holy shit, Delhi's back. Yeah, totes. Delhi's back and he's helped us start to come back. Like yeah, specifically Delhi's... in the Olympiacos game, we exactly. were we were down two goals by the end of the first half, and then you're watching, and we were watching live. And yeah, how was it? Was, we were starting to feel like, oh my gosh, what is going on? You start when you're two down at the break, you start to to feel a little bit hopeless, I guess. And then were oh, you getting sorry, like I'm... Bayern flashbacks? Uh oh, oh my gosh, no, maybe not not that bad. Well, let's take a listen to a little bit of what you guys recorded while you guys were at the game. 
Hi, this is Toby and Acid reporting live from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It is halftime. Uh, what are our thoughts? Yeah, wow. Yeah, really lackluster half from from our lads, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like, uh, and you were saying this during the first half, that we seem to be moving at half speed. So we're two goals down. We've conceded two goals in the first, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. Um, at the in, On the 30th minute, uh, Mourinho subbed uh, Eric Dyer for Christian Eriksen. We've since regained one goal. Yeah. It's still it's still feeling so sluggish. I, I don't know what Mourinho is telling the players right now, but I hope whatever he's telling them, he's also serving everyone like a mandatory three shots of espresso or something to wake them up. Yeah. I mean, Olympiakos is playing like they need to go and win their way to the next stage of the Champions League. We are not doing that. And if we don't do that today, we're going to have to go and do it at Bayern Munich, which is going to be much harder. So... We should be attacking today like it's our last game in the Champions League. Like this is a knockout stage because this is a must-win game. Yeah, there's so much riding on this. And I really, like, as a fan, there's so much riding on this. As a fan, I want to see that urgency from them. I want to know, I want to feel that they know how important this is. And it is a must-win. Because if we can't win at home, we're going to have a hell of a time trying to win away against Bayern at their stadium. Yeah, I mean, well done on Mourinho making an early substitution, taking off Dyer when we're two goals down already and bringing in Eriksen to try and hope to change because we are losing everything in the midfields. We are absolutely unable to connect our defenders to the midfield. I mean, Rose is really struggling to find Deli Alley up the left wing near where is closest to us, um, where we're sitting. So we're having a good view of Danny not being able to connect with with Sun and Delhi and that transition from the defense to the attack is is non you know it's just completely absent at the, at the moment I guess someone one person who's having uh, a pretty good game is Sanchez or Sanchez Sanchez has been doing well he seems to be clearing whenever they, yeah. like everyone wants the ball to be cleared yeah, making, he's defending really well yeah making smart choices when he's got an attacker right behind breathing down his neck and controlling the ball well and uh and I don't think we super expect Sanchez to be like the kickoff for a for an attack. So it makes sense when he kind of plays it sideways, and maybe we're more reliant on Toby to start the attack going forward. Or or then I don't know. They're not. They don't seem to be able to play forward to Winks, and Winks turn around and get the attack going either. So they're really struggling to connect the two sides, the two sides of the team, which is surprising. Yes, I hope whatever's happening in the locker room now, it works, because I want to win this game. Anyway, we'll... Any, well, any, just wondering if there's any opportunities that might break through. I mean, Mora had a couple of good runs, but it just seems like people are really struggling to dribble. We're getting a little bit unlucky, like every time the ball breaks, it seems to land in Olympiacos players' feet. So I think we've gotten a little bit unlucky in some cases, but yeah, we've got to make our own luck in the second half because it's, yeah, they're just not playing with confidence at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with the three shots of espresso, I hope there's also a shot of confidence in the form of, I don't know, yeah. vodka, gin. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it takes. Uzo. Uzo.
So, okay, so that's it for halftime. deep into halftime when we were one goal up have, having come back from being two goals down so the atmosphere as you can hear was crazy and there was suddenly this belief that oh my god this could be 5-2 it could be 6-2 it could even be oh my god can it even be 7-2 and finally we can like avenge ourselves from the other UEFA Champions League game that ended 7-2 that we just all want to forget about. It was it was amazing. Which which is amazing to me because like Toby, like I don't know about you, but I've I I've been really following this Musa Sissoko like redemption arc. And the fact that Sissoko scored um at the Bournemouth game, he'll score again later on. We'll talk about it later. But then Orie, Orie scores at yeah. Olympiacos just to like throw them over a lead we didn't even need anymore but loved. How was that? How was that like in the stadium? Yeah, that was super exciting. I think, yeah, that game was an interesting one. I think you're right. It, it was a little bit like the Bayern game because we were making mistakes and the opponent was just being absolutely ruthless. I thought Olympiacos played really well. They really were single-minded about attacking. They knew what they needed to do on the day. Whereas in the whole first half, we seemed to be playing like it didn't matter what result that happened that day because we could still go and get it at Bayern. Not realizing that it'll be very difficult to get a result at Bayern. <laughs> in the first half, we definitely weren't playing like this is the day to seal the Champions League advancement. So I was really surprised by that. The first half was, was poor. I mean, the attack was poor. The passing was poor. Um, we got a bit unlucky on the defense. I think Delhi lost the ball, which, you know, got, you know, punished for a good attack by Olympiacos. But yeah, the and we were gifted a goal at the end of the first half. That was super lucky. But I mean, it showed the a lot of the resilience we've had in Champions League last season as well. So I mean, uh, I, I think some of that, to be fair, some of that uh, credit goes to uh, goes to Pochettino because it's it was a lot of his squad. I think it's, you know, but uh, and it's probably not that easy for Mourinho to get in his system so soon. I mean, that was his his first home game. So it's it's hard, no? It's hard to delineate or to accredit, like you know, attribution. Mm, is it yeah. like last touch or is it like you know time decay? I don't know. Like no, but I think it's 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 so interesting. These three games wherein we lead or at least we we end up winning, and yet the enemy or the the opposing team is not far behind. And I think yeah. it just, uh, there's so much to work on. And I think clearly, obviously, Mourinho's work is cut out for him. I think on the Delhi point yeah. earlier, I mean, for me, it seems a lot easier to assess what the team is doing when you're watching live. Like, maybe that's an obvious thing to say, but because the TV always focuses your attention on a certain part of the field. But when you're live, you can watch people off the ball, you can watch their movement. And like, it was super interesting to see how Delhi and Harry were interacting in that game because Delhi seemed to be playing a bit higher up the pitch and not so much as 
in goal support as like the final attacking man himself and Harry would often drop back towards the center circle to to make the movement out of the defense so I thought they seemed to be like interchangeable in that role almost in, in who's going forward and who's you know making the assist so I thought that was super interesting I don't know if that's new from Mourinho because yeah I haven't focused on Delhi in that way before but I it's brilliant what Mourinho's done to unlock his scoring potential and say he's not just a final ball man he's he's the finisher as well I mean obviously uh, like I mentioned the attribution is difficult to tell right now but yeah. I mean clearly his work is cut out for him because as you guys know Man United uh don't want to dwell on this too much it's mm. it, it stinks a bit but I'm also shockingly grateful for this loss um, mm-hmm. I know that we did not um, get the results we wanted uh, with Delhi scoring again at the 39th minute in the first half, but then Rashford coming back in in the second half. But for me, the only key takeaway here for me is that, hey, let's not get too cocky. Sure, we've had three wins in a row, but there's still a lot to work on. And I think looking at all of the fixtures that have just happened and the ones in the more like uh, near future, if there was one game that I would have, I'd be okay to lose it would have been this one like we couldn't keep up this unbeaten thing forever right and the first loss under Mourinho is gonna have to come at some point to your point better sooner than later so we can start learning what our weaknesses are and I think better at against a massive team away than like a weaker team exactly and also better to like to them oh I won't jinx it never mind Hmm. (laughs) So I'm, 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 I'm fine. I can live with the fact that, that we lost to Man U at their stadium. It's fine. And it wasn't uh, a, an embarrassing loss. It was by one goal. And that penalty, I think we can totally argue, was complete bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah, for comparison, I think Liverpool had played Everton in the Merseyside derby and Van Dyke got away with an absolutely clear penalty at a key point in the game. Absolutely, like, trounced over this guy. And wasn't penalized. So I mean, Ooh. and and we've had lighter ones. The one against Rashford, Harry Kane has suffered much worse and not had a penalty as well. So I I super don't understand some of the penalty calls these days. Oh, these are the times when you're like, hey Var. But anyway, yeah. whatever. Um, whatever. So yeah, moving yeah. on to better. Moving things. on to better things, indeed. Fresh, fresh, fresh in our hearts and minds <laughs> is this. I think what a time to be alive, Burnley. <laughs> At home, five, breaking, zero, zero. acid, Toby, feelings, thoughts, <laughs> poetry, haikus about this. What, yeah. what do oh we God. have? Overwhelming joy, I think, is, is the, leading, <laughs> the leading reaction. Uh, followed very closely by extremely intense, almost scary levels of pride for Son. Yeah. Because all of those goals were insane and amazing in their own ways. But Son's was next level. Uh, In 10 years, 20 years, people are going to be like, oh my God, where were you when Son scored his solo goal? So in the 32nd minute, uh, if I'm sure everyone's seen and heard about this, but we'll outline it anyway. In the 32nd minute of this game, when we were already two points up, two goals up. Because, you know, why not? Son gets the ball that, that bounces off like a West. Uh, sorry, a Burnley player and like him. closer to their side and runs the entire length of the pitch all the way to the other side single-handedly and scores. He's like swarmed by what looks like 73 defenders <laughs> and seems to fight all of them off. They just slide away. It's 
it's wild. It's getting buzz for being the goal of the season already. I think on match of the day, they were saying, you know, just close the competition already because this is obviously going to be the winner. I-, I am all for this. I love it so much. I-, I talked to my sister who doesn't even watch football about it because I was that crazy, like, amazed by it. But isn't it nuts that goal of the season would be to something that one person single-handedly does rather than like a team goal? <laughs> yeah. But that's beside the point. More stats on this. I was looking at um, Sunny's stats for this. So it's 80 yards in 12 seconds. Wow. I can't even. And that's dribbling, avoiding people, shooting with precision. Like yeah. how? How? I can barely walk 80 Like I can barely sprint 80 yards in like 24 seconds. Yeah. And he did it. But also that his top speed was like 38 kilometers per hour. That's, That's me crazy. driving in Manila, guys. That's me driving yeah. a car in Manila. Just to benchmark, I think Usain Bolt's top speed was 44 point something. No way. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Is it time for Sunny to take on a second? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Guys! Toby, what were your thoughts? Where were you? What were you doing? What were you wearing? I don't know. Just live that moment. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, I was on a, a split shift and I got home from work and caught most of it. I, I didn't catch Harry Kane, either of Harry Kane's goals, but great to see he's got his shooting boots on and, and graciously says, like, Son stole the show tonight. Yeah, it was, and Lucas's goal and Delhi creating that one. So it was a real team effort. Love to see Sissoko score when he can get his finishing in. He makes really good runs into the box, really cl- smart runs so yeah it was an all-around brilliant i thought the defense was super on lock as well mm-hmm. compared to the olympiacos game it was like super tidy every time we were you know a lot of interceptions in our own third um a lot of smart choices by the defenders yeah. to play so it out Shea of the back made a good save yeah i think he uh a, like a ball bounced off the the what's the bar on top Cross the bar yeah. <laughs> and then it comes down and then like a bernie player is about to head it in and then sanchez mm-hmm. just kind of beats him to it yeah he he and oh alderweireld are really inspiring confidence in the last few games looking really good together alderweireld's passes have been yeah. bananas yeah like yeah, the-, the announcer last night was saying like he's He's confident Alderweireld is the best passer in the in the best center back passer in the in the league. Van Dijk sometimes you know approaching him, but Alderweireld's the best, so that's pretty encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean obviously the father of our forever baby of the week champion has to prove himself. You know, has to show yeah. that yeah. he's more than just a pretty daughter's face. So I think it was just it was amazing and a clean sheet after forever. What? Yes. How? I was so scared. I was just like... The long journey, the clean sheet. Good for Gazanigs. Good for Gazanigs, good for the defense, and good for everyone just like getting in there. Like, what a crazy time. I I don't know. Was anyone looking... I mean, the lineup has been pretty steady all throughout um, Mourinho's picks with Dyer being there and of course apologizing to Dyer for removing him and so on, whatever, whatever. But notably missing, Danny Rose. What? What's yeah, happening? So I think uh, Mourinho's first lineup left back was Davis. And unfortunately, he was injured. So I was mm-hmm. expecting Danny to show up in the next game. But uh, I guess Jan is consistently filling in. I don't know. I, are you okay, Danny? 
Yeah, what's happening? What's up? Toby, has he called you? Has he texted you? Like, he what's hasn't. happening? No, he's been yeah. curiously silent. But oh, wow. I don't, who knows? Because I don't know if it's a contract thing. Because, I mean, it seems like Danny's gone out into the press on his own before and said things about the club and that kind of stuff. And maybe that rubs people the wrong way. Because, I mean, Erickson, whatever the speculation is about it, I, I don't think he has gone... At least it hasn't been, you know, sprawled across the headlines that he has said something apart from the message mm, of the club. Yeah. Like he seems to still toe the the party line, as it were. Whereas Rose seems to, you know, he's he's looking out for number one, and that's absolutely fine. But maybe there's a chance it's rubbing Mourinho the wrong way, or I I don't know. Yeah, because these are like the notable changes, I guess, to the lineup. Not that I am against or for it. Obviously, it is yeah. the manager's choice. I think it's just like it's also interesting to see Dyer on the pitch. Like, yeah. Dyer and Deli, like, hi guys, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, people, and it seems like people are optimistic about what Mourinho can do for Dyer. I think it's, I mean, it's very early days, obviously, but I, he's still got a bit of a ways to go, I think. his Some of his tackling looked a bit off last night. His passing for the last few games, I think, has been lacking a bit. But yeah, I've always liked him. I think he's a true, true Spurs uh, player. So yeah, hope he continues to improve any other thoughts guys on the past five games and what we can expect ahead i think realistically we're gonna still i mean i don't want to say struggle but our lack of depth is definitely going to be a challenge going forward we have three not easy games coming up with Bayern and, and wolves away and, and chelsea i mean wolves aren't that great on the table but they have been a good side so that that won't be easy so i mean I love Vertonghen at left back. I like Danny Rose still, but on the right, we seem to have not much depth with just Aurier. So I don't know. Hopefully we can just outscore all our all of our opponents with yeah. our sharp attacking threat. And then yeah. if yeah. Harry keeps being on fire, Delhi keeps being on fire, yeah. Sun keeps being the Lucas. best player in the world of all time. I think when Lucas... Also, and Sissoko. I, I'm, I'm naming the people of score, and there's so many. Yeah. The, the, like, we have so many threats from all sides. So, as long as they keep going, mm. I, I think I'll. I'll... I'll be fine. So maybe arrogant Mourinho was park the bus. Maybe humble Mourinho is smother them in goals and then mm. win that way. Let's mm. see. You know what? I mean, if it works, it works. I'm still skeptical and I think I will forever be skeptical just because the suspicious part of me is saying that once I get comfortable with this new era, that's mm. when the shoe drops. So mm. I'm just going to remain in my little skeptical corner. Yeah, until I think that's fair. Yeah, until the Amazon documentary comes out, because you know that's gonna be like uh, a big ass um, plot line. What are your just really quickly before we wrap this up? Um, we saw a couple minutes for all the young guys yesterday. Um, we saw Troy Parrot come in. We saw Sessegnon yeah. come in. We saw Skippy come in. Skippy who is nineteen, like what guys? The future, the future is bright? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, I really like Skip. He looks really good. He's very quick. He he knows how to defend. He looks he looks excellent. Also on defending last thing, I would say Moore was awesome yesterday. Oh, sorry. He was. Sorry, total change of, of conversation. But yeah, he on both sides of the ball, he reads the, the defense really well. I I would love to see his tackling. He saved a, a really important cross that was yeah. about to come in. And yeah, always an attacking threat. What a player. Loved love to watch him play. 
I know it's early days, but like, is this everyone just showing up for the new manager? Like, mm. what is it? It could be. Yeah, there is that. I remember when, like, maybe a few weeks ago, we were talking about how you could liken the experience to if you're in an ad agency and a new mm. ECD comes in, everyone's trying to to impress. So suddenly, yeah. even the people who slack off or the people who half ask things are suddenly going the extra mile for things and trying to show off their their talents again so maybe it, we're in that period where everyone's really punching above their weight and trying to impress yeah and i guess it's just like cleared the air hasn't it like they've been in a difficult spot with pochettino for so long i don't know it like just felt like they were under this cloud and they couldn't escape so now it's like totally clear that it's like anybody's game and it's like hey remember when football was fun and we were scoring a lot and like it's clear that son's having fun kane is you know always working hard so Maybe they've just found a way to inject a bit of fun into it. I guess we do look forward to our next games and hope we bring this honeymoon happiness with us because yeah. we're going to yeah. need it. I hope we can still say fun about yeah. the Bayern game at their stadium. Well, now we know there's lo- nothing to lose. We, we can't true. do any worse. So, I mean, <laughs> if we could go and beat them there, that would be a massive scalp. So let's see what yeah. we can do. You know what? Or we just go out and send all the 19-year-olds and get get them some game experience. Exactly. That's I'm true. saying fuck it. Anyway. Yeah. So go Troy Although, But that's probably... that's. I wonder that about the young guys. Like, you got to bring them out slowly, too. It's like you don't want to... I wonder, like, how you manage their egos and that kind of thing. Like, like I don't know. Like, I trust that the culture isn't isn't like big on egos because you see, like, for Troy Parrot, you see his role models in the team, and it's it's like other strikers like Harry mm-hmm. and Son and Delhi, and they're all like they're humble peeps. Mm. So I guess I guess I'd, that keeps yeah. things in check. Def- the, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that you're a great. That's a great point. I think they they have great leaders to look up to for humility and things. I was wondering, like, because they bring on Troy Parrott when we're up five goals. I mean, I'm just wondering if the atmosphere is so like electric, like it sometimes for the young guys, it's just good to expose them to small doses and be like, this is what it's like to make a pass on the pitch in front of forty thousand people. Yeah. And and in a pretty low tense atmosphere. Yeah, like, yeah. And maybe that was the strategy because yeah. that's what we saw happen when yeah. Troy Parrot came on. We were like, Oh, yeah. go Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if you can get another goal. But it seemed like mm-hmm. the strategy was just to like pass and keep possession. Yeah. And and come to think of it, guys, they're seventeen and nineteen years old. Like yeah. these people are children. What were we doing <laughs> yeah. at seventeen and nineteen? We were not yeah. playing stadiums. <laughs> um, but we're also not Troy Parrot. So very interesting to see how this all goes. I guess thank you, Toby, and thanks, Asset, again for uh, Patty. finding us this week. We'll, 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 uh, what a, uh, again, you said it's a new dawn, a new day. I mean, I hope this good feeling lasts us, uh, sustains us through the next couple of weeks. All right, yeah. thanks, 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 Toby. Thanks, All right. Come, Come on, on, you Spurs! Spurs.